Hey, sweet friend, let's get real for a minute. Are you feeling stressed about holiday waking? Maybe not sure how to handle another holiday season without feeling burnt out and exhausted by the end? Yeah, it's a tough season and can come with a lot of temptation and frustration. This is why I created your Balanced Holidays digital course. Inside of this course, you'll learn how to get the most out of your holiday season without the weight gain. You'll learn mindset shifts and actionable strategies that you can put into place right away. You'll learn how to handle some of the toughest holiday situations and come out on top, and you're even gonna learn how to deal with other people over the holidays that make this whole journey that much harder. This course is split into three distinct sections. The first section is the modules. You've got this, the, the learning, <laughs> that's really important. We've got, we touch on things, um, things like how holiday weight gain actually works, um, and so how much weight you can gain in a specific holiday and, and what that looks like. We even talk about dealing with family over the holidays, which is a really big deal. We'll touch on goal setting and then setting your own goals, being proactive versus reactive, and even thinking about ways you can handle holiday suites. There's a lot of practical, actionable steps in section one, which is the modules. Section two is a how-to PDF for everything you need to know about the holidays and step-by-step, -step, again, how-to, really actionable, point-by-point -point things for you to put into place. Things like how to portion control at events, how to be flexible and plan for spontaneity, how to meal prep and plan for a holiday week, things like exercising on limited time, prioritizing during the holiday season, time management, the whole nine yards. Lots of amazing resources in here. And the third piece of the course is a workbook, journal, and a daily planner. So for each module, you dig deeper into your understanding and experience with that module topic. Thought-provoking questions in the workbook are going to help you to change your mindset, and the daily planner helps you to be proactive about each day over the holiday season. And finally, there's a Facebook group associated with the course that allows access to a community of like-minded people who are also here to have their best holiday season. This course is going to help you to change your holiday experience. You're going to go into each event with confidence and know that you'll leave the holiday season feeling satisfied and ready for what's next, not feeling frustrated and sluggish. You deserve to feel your best during the holiday season and beyond. So click the link in the show notes below and join the course and take control of your holiday experience. Now onto the episode. Welcome to the Balance Bod Pod, where we talk about all things balancing life and health so you can have your cake and eat it too, or your donuts or your pizza or whatever your thing is. But seriously, health is the greatest gift that we have, and it does not have to come at the cost of enjoying the fun parts of life. So through the podcast, we're going to explore and experience for ourselves what balance truly looks like in our own lives. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Balanced Mod Pod. I'm Corinne Graustra, holistic health coach, podcaster, and owner of Balanced Body Health. At the Balanced Body, we come together with women to empower them to take control of their health journey. We do this by giving access to coaching and resources, by eliciting behavior change, and by encouraging self-awareness to create change that lasts. And today we are here, welcome to the podcast friends, to talk about why the diets you have tried haven't actually worked, even if you've lost weight. Hear me out here. I want to state the obvious before moving forward. Diets are everywhere and they make a million different kinds of claims, right? And I talk with potential clients all the time and actual clients and previous clients and just people in general who say, oh, I tried that and it worked with, it worked for me for a while. Or, oh yeah, that worked really well for me. 
But what they don't say is I'm back at square one. So I just want to like, let's just think about this, right? How many times have you heard somebody say, oh yeah, like a couple times a year I do this because I know it works for me. Or my fallback is Weight Watchers because I know it works for me, for example. Um, But does it really? You know what I mean? Like does it actually, if it worked for you, truly, and I'll give you my definition, we'll talk all through this here in a second, but maybe I just have really high standards and that's totally possible as well. But to me, it sounds like if you have to do it over again, if you if you can't sustain it off of the plan, it doesn't work. It's not, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your lack of willpower or your inability to stick to things or any of the inner critic things that we say to ourselves. What it does mean is that the process is not our friend. The The process the process of dieting period doesn't work. We know that. Extreme restriction, lose a bunch of weight, go back to the way you were you were doing before. That that's not a thing. So I'm not sure where that came from or who who in the culture 100 years ago, 150 years ago thought that that was like a a sustainable pattern because it's not. It just isn't. <laughs> if you've seen this, if you've done this over and over in your life, you're going to be with me shouting like hallelujah in your car because you know, you understand, you know that you're probably sick to death of trying to diet because it's not working for you long term. The definition that you have is probably the same definition I have. And I, again, probably have really high standards of anything because I know that it's going to take your time, your energy, and your life. And not to mention the potential to impact your metabolism negatively, your mood, your health, everything. So my standards for working, as I've said, are very high. Let me tell you what they are. My standards for something to be working and to like, quote unquote, that worked for me. It's got to change your habits. It's got to help you to create a life you enjoy. It has to add to your life instead of take away from your life. Um, It has to make you healthier and happy and it has to be sustainable. I will say those again. My criteria for something to work is that it changes your habits. It helps you to create a life you actually enjoy, not just enjoy while you're dieting. Like, oh, I could put up with this. Like, I love this. If you listen to episode 42, you heard me talk about all, like, I love the parameters that I've set. I love the diet that I have because it allows me to live my life, right? It allows me to maintain my weight, to live my life. So when I'm in a weight maintenance phase, like that's my plan. <laughs> I love it. That is my that is my my weight maintenance plan. I love it. It is amazing. It adds to your life, it should make you happier and healthier, and it should be sustainable. So there's no roller coaster. There's no like, oh, I was on track and I'm off track and the whole nine yards there, right? So it should be sustainable. What working does not mean to me, do you notice that? Okay, go back. Do you notice that I didn't say that a diet helps you to lose weight? (laughs) And that is not a standard I have of working. That's really funny. I just noticed that. Diet, losing weight is not on my list of things that, that mean that it's working. What is on my list for what working does not mean to me or does not signal is quick weight loss. <laughs> like really fast weight loss. If you're losing 20 pounds in two weeks, you are doing something wrong. That is not healthy. That is not safe. That is not sustainable. You're losing water weight. You're probably incredibly dehydrated. Please go drink some water. <laughs> Please go drink some water. Um, you've got a total restriction is another thing that it doesn't mean to me, where you're taking out an entire food group. You're taking out an entire um, macronutrient, so a carb, fat, or nobody really argues about protein, so I don't know that anybody does a low-protein diet. Um But hey, you know, it's the thought that counts. And what working does not mean to me is that you feel like crap and you sacrifice your life for your weight loss. Because although I've had people who are in a really um, difficult place mentally say that is worth it to me, 
I know for a fact, as soon as you're out of that place, it is no longer going to be worth it to you. And you are going to fall back into the trap of, of the cycle of dieting. And you're going to be sick of restricting yourself so much that you're going to come back, not because you're a failure, not because anything is wrong with you, because you're a human and you realize you're going to do this life one time and you don't want to spend so much time focusing on all the things you can't eat. That is a natural reaction to dieting. Also, we're very rebellious in nature for most of us. If you tell me or if I tell me that I shouldn't have a donut, you can guarantee I'm going to go get six donuts, eat them all, take a photo, and send it to you if you told me that I shouldn't do that. Like that, that's extreme. That's very aggressive. I don't know why that, I don't know why I feel that way. But if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to take pictures as evidence to show you that I've done it more than you even thought that I could. Like that's how I roll. I don't know. Anyone with me on that one? Anyways, back to what we were talking about. So what working does not mean to me is that it is uh, provides quick quick weight loss. Nope, don't care about that. That it provides total restriction. Absolutely not. That That's a red flag. And that it makes you feel like crap. That's number three. Or number four, that you have to give up your life. If you have to say, I can't go out to eat because I'm on a diet, that is not a good scenario. That is not a great strategy because that is not sustainable. You feel me? You see how this is all tying together? <laughs> and so I wanted to also share, and these are some things, gosh, it's when I talk to people, I'm reminded I do this for a living, right? So whatever you do for a living, you're in it every day. I have a million questions about a million things I don't know. You could probably school me all day on what you what your job is, right? And so you probably forget that other people, like if you're an accountant, you forget that people have a hard time understanding what taxes are <laughs> and like how to even like what tax bracket they fit, they fit into. Like that's just the basics for you, right? I find that it's the same thing for me on like I see ads on social media and I'm like, that's dumb. Pff, that's fake. Pff, no way. But I forget that they're successful, right? Like those ads are popular for a reason. People are buying into it. People are seeing it. People are believing it. And so I want to just share some red flags from a hundred miles away. Like any, any time that you see these literally run the other way, give a hard no, whatever you got to do, get away from this because <laughs> these are absolutely not going to be good things for you. So the first way to spot a red flag from a hundred miles away is anytime you're giving up anything big, this includes sugar. I say that not because we shouldn't maybe focus on having you know, reducing your overall added sugar consumption. I do not care about natural sugar. If you're if you're having fruit, awesome. Please don't cry about it. Bananas are not bad for you. Neither are carrots or corn. Who cares if they're higher in carbs? Anyways, <laughs> so anytime you're taking anything, you're giving up anything big, that's a sign. Yeah, it might even be healthy for you, right? Like if you're giving up all sodas or you give up all sugar or you do those things, sure, they might be healthy, but they're not sustainable, right? So they don't match my my standards for working because they're not sustainable. They don't change habits. They just give you restriction, total restriction. Changing habits require you to do small steps one at a time. You have to get, like if you're looking to reduce your soda consumption, it's not even about saying I'm gonna have less soda. It's about replacing it with something healthier. It doesn't have to be water. Let's say sparkling water. Let's say the your favorite thing about soda is the carbonation. So it's not even about taking away the soda. It's about adding in the healthier options consistently. So then let's say you're doing, you're drinking three sodas a day. This is actually not that uncommon. So you will take one soda a day and you will replace it with a sparkling water, right? I will add in one sparkling water to my day. If actually, if it replaces my, my soda, awesome. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, 
but I'm adding things into my life so I'm not feeling deprived. Um, but also because tell me how you feel giving up soda completely emotionally, mentally, mentally, and physically. It's not going to be a pretty situation. It's not that you can't do it and that some of us maybe don't need that, I suppose. Um, you really got to be self-aware though to know if that's you. And if you don't know, err on the side of caution because it's very likely uh, that that group of people who really rely off just cutting something out completely uh, and sticking to that forever is like 1% of the population, maybe 2%. And so unless you are incredibly self-aware with that and you know that's how things work for you, um, it's very unlikely that's you. I just want to say that. Many of us will overestimate um, that we are in that population and we are not. So if on the flip side, what you find yourself doing is saying over and over again, I'm going to take it out, I'm going to take it out. You have a week or two of no soda and then you quote unquote, fall off track, you slip up, you feel right, like you quote unquote fail, that is a sign that you do not do well with total restriction. Especially, here's another red flag of total restriction, is if you binge on that food or drink as soon as you have the ability to. If you are in a room with pizza, and pizza is your off-limit food because you've said, I'm never going to have pizza again, which I can't make that kind of promise to myself for 50 more years. There's no way. But if you're in a room with pizza and you eat five slices or half a pizza because you're in the room and you're like panicking because you don't know when you're going to get it next. And I feel like maybe this is just me, but I've been there, done that on like panicking, feeling like this isn't going to go away and I'm not going to get enough of this and I'm never going to have this again. And oh my gosh, as you're stuffing your face thinking about that, right? That is a really good uh, indicator. You are not somebody who does well with total restriction. So please, please, please take that into consideration before you make any changes. So again, how to spot red flags from 100 miles away. The first one, super obvious. Anytime you're doing anything extreme, you're giving up anything big, right? Number two is anything that says you don't have to do much work. This is so important because you guys are all out there. Everybody says, well, if you just eat the right, like if you eat according to your body type or eat the right foods, you don't have to exercise. That is completely false, especially if they say, eat all of this that you want and you'll never be hungry ever again, right? Claims that are too good to be true absolutely are too good to be true. Even with what I'm saying, you can have everything, but you got to work really hard for it and it's going to take a long time, right? Even with finding your balance, it's not its not that appealing. People don't want to work for it. It's so much easier to follow a set of rules that somebody else has put out for you and said, do this and this and this. And you say, okay, sounds good. And you do it for a little while. You see some results. You fall off track because it's too extreme and it's not sustainable. And you do the cycle again. That is so much easier, right? At the end of the day, that is so much easier than putting in the mental work to figure out the why behind things, to sift through your feelings and your emotions and what drives you and your behavior and your habits. It's so much easier. So anything that is way too good to be true is way too good to be true. And trends, here's another one. This is sad but true. Most trends are a joke. Um, there's a lot of things too that are really great marketing that are trends. Uh, so actually it's a funny thing. This is not related, but I've just noticed this recently. So Slim Jim, <laughs> I don't know if anybody follows Slim Jim on, uh, on social media, but on Instagram, they have like a killer Instagram game. They've created this whole alternative, like community where they call, they call their long, um, the long Slim Jims, the really long beef sticks, they call them long boys with an I, B-O-I-S. And there's like this long boy gang and like everybody, it's so funny. They've created this entire community around beef sticks. 
What? Shout out to the marketing department in Slim Jim. They are on their game. Anyways, so moral of that story, that's kind of a fun one. Eat a Slim Jim if you want it. I don't care. But um, looking at marketing for things a little bit more serious, like South Beach Diet. They have celebrities and I mean, a lot of places have celebrities, but they have celebrities that people care about endorsing their products. They have, um, they're everywhere. Their marketing is incredible. And so when you look at something like that, you're like, well, maybe that's right. Or maybe I should do that or Metafast or um, Slimgenics or right. Like there's all of these weight loss programs out there that have amazing marketing. Weight Watchers has probably one of the best marketing that I've seen. Weight Watchers is going to be an entire other episode because I have so much to say on Weight Watchers. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold myself back and not talk about it now, which is actually really hard. <laughs> but more to come on that. But moral of the story is if, there's a, if it's a trend, oftentimes it is, it's a red flag. When have you ever seen exercise and eating healthy be a trend? Like I've literally never seen that because it's nobody wants that. It's not too good to be true. You have to put the work in. You have to work hard at it. And the funny thing that people don't get, and I want to say this uh, so bluntly as I can with so much love, you put in more work to doing keto than you do or whatever your diet is than you do if you just try to eat healthy and exercise and find your balance. You are putting in exponentially more work over your lifetime by dieting not just physically, right, by all of the time and the energy, uh, not just financially by all the money that you're spending doing this stuff, but emotionally too, because you're constantly on a diet or off a diet and rebounding from that diet. And then you're on a diet again, then you're rebounding again from the diet. And if you're not rebounding uh, from a diet, because it's been a while since you've dieted, you're probably, and you're listening to this, wanting to lose weight, you're not happy with where you're at. It's a constant mental struggle. So there isn't, you don't win when you diet. There just, it, there's no winning. Okay. Ooh, take a deep breath here. <laughs> Clearly, I've got strong feelings. Um, how to spot a, re- a red flag from 100 miles away. Continuing on with this. So we've got, again, anytime you're giving up anything big, anything that says you don't have to do much work. So too good to be true is for sure too good to be true. Trends. Um, there are some trends, however, that are not a problem. So here's how to actually spot a trend that isn't a problem. Anything that just adds to your life and doesn't necessarily take away from it. Like one thing that I'm thinking is the celery juice trend. People are like, oh my gosh, celery juice, is it healthy? Is it not healthy? Well, if you're drinking celery juice first thing in the morning, who cares? It's a vegetable. You're drinking vegetable juice. And even if it doesn't have all of them, it's not magic, right? So I can tell you that. It's not going to make you instantly thin. Same thing with apple cider vinegar. But if it's something small like that that you're adding into your day or you're not purchasing a supplement, you are not doing um, anything dramatic like that, I don't know, doesn't seem to hurt, right? Like celery juice, um, apple cider vinegar. Again, please don't drink apple cider vinegar like straight um, more than I think it's two tablespoons or, or two two shots, sorry, because um, it can burn because it's very, very, very acidic. So I like to mix it with a, a juice or something else. But when you have apple cider vinegar, again, that's not that's just adding to your life, right? You're not taking anything out. You're not being extreme with anything. You're just adding in a food product that is healthy that nobody made money off of, to be clear. Obviously, the person you bought it from, but like, cool, $2 for celery, $5 for a bottle of apple cider vinegar. Like, that's kind of beside the point. Those are some things that are really easy to, that I can think about off the top of my head. Um, another one that is kind of popular right now is lemon water with uh, Himalayan sea salt. Sure, go for it. Again, not taking anything out of your out of your life. And it's not extreme. It's just as it's a drink that you're having first thing in the morning that isn't 
It's not coming in replacement of anything. You're not doing anything dramatic. You're just drinking a glass of water, drink a glass of juice, whatever. Um, so we've got a couple more here. So the next one here is anything that tells you to hustle, grind, and gives you no days off. Let me tell you, I see this so much with exercise. Uh, yeah, with exercise. It is so I don't know. I don't have words for it. It makes me feel a lot of things, you guys. <laughs> I feel I feel frustrated. I feel um, like when somebody says, I just had a baby and I just, if you, if you just put the work in, if you just do it, you'll, you'll look like this too. And no, nope. Who's a different person than you? Literally everybody, literally every single person is different than you. So when you tell me to hustle, grind and take no days off, because that's like your tough love way of, I don't know. I don't respond to tough love. You can tough love me all you want. It's not working to me. I need, I'm too sensitive for tough love. And I need you to tell me, I need you to, to, don't want you to coddle me. Like, tell me how it is, but don't yell at me. Like, yelling at me has never motivated me to do anything. Give me some steps. Give me some, some next, some ideas, some action that I can take. Because here's the other thing. Hustle, grind, no days off. Those are meaningless. They mean absolutely nothing. Like the mot- workout motivation quotes, while they make you may make you feel motivated, they're not going to stick around after your workout is over because that's not the intention. Because there's no there's no value to them. There's there's no substance. It just tells you to work harder, push harder, do more, do more, do more. And honestly, I'm trying to do less. Like I'm not trying to do less where I'm not. I'm trying to do nothing. I'm trying to find my sweet spot between doing enough and doing too much. Because they're absolutely you can for sure overdo it with everything you do. Everything you do can be overdone. So I'm trying to find, would some say my balance perhaps? <laughs> well, that just came to my head. Honestly, like you you gotta, no, it's not gonna stick. Because here's the other thing that I've seen so many times is you hustle, grind, take no days off, you get really injured. And then you don't feel good. And because you're injured and you're completely in a frustrated mindset, things are not going well for you and you can't hustle, grind and take no days off because you're stuck. And that's not a great place to be. And I don't know. If you're motivated by that, it's kind of fun to follow some of those people on Instagram or social media, but that in and of itself, that's a red flag. So, so when somebody says just work harder or put in more time, I don't buy that. That's a red flag for me. Um, anything that breeds, so in, on that same vein, anything that breeds on your motivation and just tries to push you to just do it, like same thing there. The other thing I've seen this and actually, to be honest, I've reported it a handful of times because it is bogus and I can't believe. So there are so many people on Instagram, you guys, that are making a profit, a sig- like millions of dollars by promoting things like s- bad science or science that doesn't actually matter. So one thing that I see a lot is your metabolic type. Okay. Are you an endomorph, an ectomorph, or a mesomorph? Click the link to find out. Like, no, nope, don't matter. It do- like, doesn't matter. Each food but they're making millions of dollars because they're giving you a plan that is specifically based off of this. They're making it so complicated, making it so complicated. The one that I see all the time is V-Shred. Please, you guys stay away from V-Shred. It's just not good. It's do not waste one penny on him and his, his theories and his stuff. There are a million out there like that. I just see his stuff all the time. Like 
good marketing or paint like the guy with the highest uh, Instagram advertising budget is not the guy who's also the smartest. Please know that just because you see an ad doesn't mean anything. He's got a bill. He's got a really big ad budget, obviously, because I see ads literally every single day for this feature. And I've never looked him up because I don't whatever. Um, The other thing that I will share too is on Pinterest that is rampant with bad information. When you're looking for healthy meal plans, when you're looking for, it has got tons of bad information. There is no gatekeeper for social media and what kind of nutrition information and and, uh, exercise information can be uploaded. So please keep that in mind. It is the Wikipedia of health. So if you're going to, if you're going to trust Wikipedia, right, where anyone can edit anything and say anything, uh, I don't know don't. (laughs) I guess I don't really know why I was going at that. Don't. It's the same thing for Pinterest. Absolutely. I love Pinterest for looking at recipes, um, for trying to, you know, get more information on certain things, specifically for outfits. I love a good outfit pin. But in terms of health and nutrition advice, absolutely not a great source of of information just because there's no gatekeeper. You have no idea. And again, the guy with the best marketing wins every time because it's persuasive and they and they're really good at sales and they know what they're saying uh, and they speak it with confidence and so it makes you more confident in what they're saying but it's a joke so v shred specifically is one but if you see things that are like eat according to your body type or take this quiz to find out you know what diet you should be on just steer clear that's not worth it um so anything (laughs) v shred (laughs) number one but also anything that tries to make stuff so complicated it is literally and it's not complicated. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it's not that complicated. Weight loss and being healthy for the most part is you focus on calories in, calories out. You're looking at your sleep, your stress, your exercise, your nutrition. Four things. Sleep, stress, exercise, nutrition. Nutrition including calories in, calories out, as well as um, calorie quality as well. So food quality. It really is like that. There's no, you do not need to worry about your food pairings and when I eat this and can I eat carbs after three and should I eat between 12 and eight like everybody else in the world right now? Um, Like, what am I doing? What should I be doing? Just don't make it so complicated. Just breathe, take a deep breath. Here's the other thing is that this this myth that I dispelled a long time ago here on the podcast um, that you shouldn't be eating late at night. That is one that is so common and people are terrified to eat late at night. It does not lead to any more fat gain than eating any other time of the day. It is literally, it's the same amount of calories. Your body does the same thing with it. Even if it's nine o'clock, who cares if it's nine o'clock? The difference here is if you find that it uh, affects your sleep, that is the, that's kind of the one caveat because sleep is in the big four, right? Calories in, calories out, and food quality is number one. Sleep, stress, exercise. Those are the four. So sleep is in the big four. And so if you do some people, if they eat late, they find that they have a stomach ache, they've got a harder time falling asleep, so on and so forth. I noticed that I could eat literally to the second I go to bed and it's not a problem. My husband's got to stop a couple hours before he goes to bed, just otherwise he can't fall asleep. So wherever you fall, like that's one of the things that has been, we've been told over and over and over again, that is complete bogus. Like it doesn't matter. And let's talk a little bit too about workouts. So how to spot a red flag with workouts. Um, all of the weird stuff you see on Instagram influencers doing at the gym, like the funny things you're like, I would, I don't know that I have the confidence to do that. That is really weird. Like I'm not going to hip thrust with the, the leg extension machine. I'm just not going to do it. Um, 
it looks fun. Some of them look fun, but it's probably not the most effective. But with that being said, it doesn't mean you can't do it. So the basics are the best. Looking at the starting at the basics, having those be your baseline. That is the base of your workouts. But you can also get a little bit more fun. You can, you know, treat those as accessory workouts and things like that. And sometimes it's good to help mix things up so you don't get bored. But if you're going into the gym and you're doing like a weird um, cable or Smith machine kickback where you like sit on the bench and you press the bar up with your leg and you're you're doing the hip thrust with the leg extension machine. Those are fine, but they're not going to get you the results you're looking for. Those I am a big fan of mixing things up. So I will actually take sometimes a less effective workout um, just because I like to keep things interesting, but I also keep the basics in there. So squats, deadlifts, bench press, those are things uh, in hip thrust. Those are in every single one of my workout plans because those are the basics. You want to have those down. You want to have great form with those. That is what's going to help your body change most effectively over everything else. Um, and a great resource. So I, while I'm a certified trainer, I don't do training anymore. And so I hesitate to talk about it because I'm not consistently up to date on it. I, as I mentioned last week, uh, or not last week, um, in session 41, <clears throat> that I really take things seriously. If I'm going to give a recommendation or be promoting something on the podcast, even if it's not a product, if it's just a thing, I want to know that I feel really confident in what I'm saying. And I don't always um, be just because I'm not up completely up to date with all of the workout stuff. So a great resource for training related questions is actually Mind Pump. It's another podcast. Um, to be fair or clear, I don't always agree with everything they have to say. Um, and I typically do fast forward through the locker room talk. It's kind of gross. Uh, sometimes I have a lot of different views and I just don't like to hear all that. I don't know. I feel like God gets sad sometimes when I hear some of the conversations. So that's fine. So I just fast forward. They do a question and answer for, or they call it qua, if anybody's curious. Um, there's a question and answer for every episode, um, but they have tons of knowledge. Like, I don't know. 50 years combined or something. These guys are in their 30s and 40s and they are um, an amazing resource. They specifically are consistently just like I'm in the research and, and kind of figuring out what's going on in, in the health field. They are doing that for exercise and, and things related as well. So um, they're going to, they're constantly sifting through research to give you the most updated opinions, advice, so on and so forth. So I recommend them for sure. Um, if you want to listen to Locker Talk, be my guest, but that is not what I recommend, just the Q&A afterwards. So that's always nice to have a good resource for that. Um, so with that being said, so we've talked about a lot of things. I've talked about my standards for working, what's, what working does not mean to me, um, how to spot red flags from 100 miles away. There's like a million of them. Um, again, anytime you're giving up anything big, anything that says you don't have to do that much work or it sounds too good to be true, it is. Any trends um, that are asking you to take something out or just most trends, just err on the side of caution with trends. Hustle, grind, no days off, that sort of attitude, and anything that breathes on your motivation and tries to push you to just do it. <laughs> V-shred, just leave it there. Um, and then anything that tries to make things so complicated, like just, let's just calm down. Just is not that complicated, right? Um, and then as a reminder, my standards for working, because I want to go into what your standards for working are. My standards are that it's changing your habits and that it's helping to create a life that you enjoy. It is adding to your life it is making you healthier and happier, and it's sustainable. Those are my standards for working. So, so many diets are going to give you the full sense of success and hope, but actually take a minute here. What does success really mean to you? How do you measure success? Let's take a second to think about it. 
What does success really mean to you and how do you measure that? Pause here if you need more time. But what would happen if you took that same effort you use starting and stopping things and put it into creating a solid plan using goal mapping and just committing to doing incrementally more each week? What would that look like to you? So what would happen if you took that same effort and put it toward creating a solid plan that's going to be sustainable for you? pause here if you need more time. Dig deep, you guys, and figure out what your success looks like and what success for you looks like before starting so you know if you're moving in the right direction. If you are goal mapping, you're always going to know. But especially if you're clear on where you want to be and what success looks like to you and what it doesn't look like to you, you're going to be in a really good place. So three questions to ask before starting anything. Number one, why am I doing this? The infamous why. Why am I doing this? Number two, how will this make my life better? And number three, can I do this for the rest of my life and or will I binge when given the chance? So why am I doing this? How will this make my life better? And can I do this for the rest of my life? And or will I binge when given the chance? If the answer to the first question of why am I doing this is that it's trendy or somebody else thought you should, that's a big one, um, that's not enough. Figure out why you want to or even if you want to before moving forward. For that second question of how will this make my life better, Think beyond the I will lose weight and ask how that will make your life better. Because I think oftentimes too, we forget how all of this stuff matters and we're so hyper-focused on weight loss and losing weight and getting to our ideal body that we forget like what what does this even mean in real life? Like in non-weight loss, why do I care? Or non-diet you know, mentality, what, what do I even learn here? What's the point? Why am I doing this? Your approach should benefit your life beyond just weight loss. So then of course, also knowing how weight loss will make your life better. Um, Keep asking yourself until you get to a place where you feel satisfied that this is actually a good addition to your life. That's important. And then if the answer to the question, can I do this for the rest of my life is a no, or you feel like you're going to binge when given a chance, that is a big fat red flag that it is too extreme. With the exception of being able to eat a few hundred more calories in a maintenance phase, uh, what you do to get there is what you have to do to stay there, right? Like you don't just get to change it up and go back to the way that things were. So do not be fooled into thinking that willpower is going to pull you through or that you'll be okay giving up your faves forever because spoiler alert, you won't. I know you want this. I know it matters to you. But at the end of the day, it is not worth giving up your life for. And you probably know that as well as I do. And to end, I want to ask you this. I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to answer or think about it. Answer out loud, even better. Extra credit to answer out loud if you're in your car. Um, If what you've been doing isn't getting you where you want to be, where are you five years from now if you keep on this path? So if what you've been doing isn't getting you to where you want to be, where are you five years from now if you stay on this path?
pause if you need more time. That is all we have for our episode today. Thank you so, so much for your time, for your ears, for working through this with me. I highly encourage you to go back through this and to ask yourself before starting anything, those three questions, why am I doing this? How will this make my life better? And can I do this for the rest of my life? Or will I binge when given the chance? You might be surprised at what you don't do after running those through that kind of set of gatekeeping questions. So thank you again for your ears. Have an awesome rest of your week and we'll see you next week. Bye, friend. That's all we've got for our episode today. Thank you for listening. And I want to hear from you. Rate and review the podcast. It's actually the best way to support the show and spread the message. New episodes drop every Monday, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a beat. You can find me on Instagram at thebalancedbody underscore or at balancedbodyhealth.com. Want to work with me? Click the link in the show notes to schedule your free session to see if we're a good fit. And finally, any comments, requests, or suggestions on who or what you want to hear on the show, send them to me via email or on Instagram, and I'll see what I can do. Have a wonderful rest of your week and stay balanced. Mm -hmm.